God, you're righteous, Lord. And our righteousness is a filthy rags, but Lord, we put on your righteousness. Lord, we put it on today, Lord God. You're the only one that saves. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. You are worthy, Lord. You are the only one. Thank you, God. You may be seated this morning. I want to say to you today, welcome to our annual Church of Pentecost Missions Conference. Amen. This is a missions conference, uh, uh, kind of a church. We uh, support missionaries around the world and uh, here in North America as well as, well as other global uh, places. And uh, we are so thankful that you are here with us this morning. Uh, the Craig family is here with us from Japan. And uh, we are excited about what they are doing today. And we also have the famous Tear family here with us. Amen. So we're excited. But also today, amen, not, not by our decree, but somebody decided today was Grandparents' Day. Woo! And uh, so we are going to celebrate grandparents and grandchildren just for a moment in our time of prayer. And uh, so uh, Sister Olson is going to come and join me uh, here. Uh, and we are going to pray for you and uh, give you a chance. So if those of you that are grandparents, if you'll kind of start making your way down to the very front here, they are going to bring in the grandchildren that are in Sunday school. And uh, so grandparents, come on. Come on, grandparents. Amen. And my grandkids, amen, Lincoln, come on, son. Come right up here with Grandpa. Amen. And we are going to have a t special time of prayer. Come on, Lincoln, right up here. You're going to pray uh, with us up here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. Uh, they were supposed to. Why don't you have something to say about it? Amen, Silas. Come on up here with Grandpa. I didn't know how special grandparents were till I became one. And uh, we are so thankful. This is wonderful. Hey, whether your grandkids are here this morning or not, you're welcome to come up here and, and pray with us today. Because we just want to pray a blessing on you and your life and, and uh, your influence. You're here today, amen, which is a good thing. And the influence that you have on your grandkids, amen. We want to pray, amen. We want to make sure everybody is, is where they need to be. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about generations, and uh, it's an important thing, especially in this day and time, for generations to to be of an influence to the second, and, and the Bible says that they'll affect even the third and the fourth generation. Amen. And so we're thankful for all the grandparents that are here today. Now, what I want is the rest of the congregation to rise, amen, that are not up here. Amen. And grandparents and, and grandchildren pray with one another. 
you grandparents pray for your grandchildren that are there, and we're all going to pray. We're all going to pray this morning a blessing. God gives you great influence over your children and your grandchildren's life. Let's go to him in prayer. God, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, for your wonderful mercy, God. God, thank you for grandparents that are serving you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for my grandkids are in church, God. Lord, that they are serving you and they are filled with your spirit, God. Lord, have your way in their lives, God. Oh, we thank you, God, for your blessings that come upon us when we yield our lives to your spirit, God. Touch our grandparents, Lord. Touch our grandchildren, God. Be with them, Lord. Always give up wisdom and knowledge and understanding, God. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful privilege, God, of being able to influence our grandchildren's life. Lord, we thank you for the wisdom you've given us, the understanding you've given us, Lord. God, you are so good. God, we thank you, Lord. God, for every generation and the thing that you've given us to pass on to the next generation, God. Lord, we give you praise and honor. Thank you for it, God. Lord, every grandparent in here, give them a special touch today, God. Let there be a move of the Holy Ghost on their lives. God, we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord. Touch our grandchildren. Be with them, God. Always keep them safe. Always give them direction, God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Glory to the name of the Lord. God, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't this a wonderful sight up here today? Oh, this is so marvelous. Oh, thank you, God, for our grandparents, Lord. Woo, you're in church. You love God. We're so thankful for you being here today with us. Uh, amen. You may move. Amen. Well, I thought they did. Amen. You may go back, amen, to, and if you want to take pictures afterwards, you can do that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can we give all of our grandparents another round of applause? Praise God. Praise God. What a beautiful group of grandparents we have. You know, I was thinking... You know, I can't wait to be a grandpa. I already got the name picked out, what they're going to call me. And under the right circumstances, I think it's going to be a beautiful scenario. <laughs> as long as they know how to behave. I think it's, we joke that uh, my, my oldest said, we, we figure it's going to be her kids that are going to be the bad, the bad ones. Said, nah, we'll just see them at church. <laughs> bring them over. You know, come on, grandparents. You know what I'm talking about. Nah, we'll just see y'all at church. 
we'll celebrate them at the church. We ain't bringing them home. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But we do love our grandparents around here and all of our parents as well. God bless all of you. Praise the Lord. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad. Is anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Praise God. Praise God. So happy to, uh, to be here. Bring you greetings on behalf of our pastors, Rick and Alexa Olson. You know, to all of our guests. Can we give all of our guests a round of applause as well? Thank you. Thank you so much for, for being here. We would love an opportunity to meet uh, and to greet you uh, after service uh, this morning uh, in our guest reception. So please don't, uh, don't be in a rush. We want you to hang around. Um, we do have a, a, a number of different things happening during this service uh, to celebrate uh, our missions conference. We've been having a wonderful time. I'm so glad that we have Brother Travis Craig and his wife here from Japan, our missionaries. I try to be cool and come up with some a Japanese term to welcome you, but there's a lot of consonants and numbers in the Japanese language, and I just couldn't, it just didn't sound right, so I said, you know what, I'm not even going to fool with that. I'm going to leave you alone. So, greetings. <laughs> Praise God. But to our Hispanic families, our family, saludo en on hombre de Jesus. God bless you. So glad that you are here. I do have a few um, announcements to, to make this morning. Everyone say Tuesday night. We will be having our international uh, Bible study uh, here at uh, 7 p.m. in our brick building, our Fred Olson Center uh, here on, on, the, on the campus at 7 p.m. And that is our Spanish, Portuguese, and English-speaking uh, Bible study. Uh, I encourage you, if you've never been a part of a, uh, a service where you're not necessarily sure what they're talking about, I would encourage you to come and check it out. The Lord always shows up. The Lord always moves. It's always a fantastic time. And again, that'll be at 7 p.m. in our brick building here on campus. I want to also make mention to our uh, prayer uh, here in this building at 7 p.m. also on Tuesday. And that will be for our young marrieds, um, our focus prayer toward our young marrieds in our infinity uh, marriage group. So if your uh, wife or significant uh, other, other and you want to bring them in and you want to just have prayer for, for them specifically, be a great time to bring them in. Um, that was a joke, guys. And have prayer for our families. Let me get out of the way. We do have a number of different events happening here on campus, so I will direct you to the Church of Pentecost app uh, for more details about current events happening here at Church of Pentecost. Amen? Praise the Lord. We can go ahead and have our ushers to make their way to prepare for this morning's offering. Um, as you know, during uh, our missions banquet, we do uh, give you an opportunity to participate in Faith Promise, which we'll be talking about here uh, momentarily. The ushers do have uh, those cards. Um, if you want to go ahead and fill those out, uh, Mr. Broderick will be speaking uh, about that for Faith Promise. Um, and one of the verses in this Faith Promise pamphlet, it talks about in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8, it says, every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always, always having sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So 
this is an opportunity for us to, to give back. You know, and it's not about the dollar amount. You know, the, the, the Bible talks about the widow's might, the two mites. You know, she was mentioned through Scripture for just her sacrificial giving. And really, that's really all it's about. It's not about the big, the big uh, payday or the big windfall. Sometimes it's just about giving out of your a sacrifice unto the Lord. So as we prepare to give tonight's or this morning's offering, let's go before the Lord in prayer and honoring him for all of his goodness. Can we do that? Lord, in the name of Jesus, we, we come to you, Lord God, this morning on this tremendous day of celebrating you, Lord. We thank you for being in the house this morning, Lord God, as we present our tithes and our offerings to you as our gift of obedience and sacrifice to you this morning. We invite you into our plans, Lord. We invite you into our finances, Lord God, as we know it is only you that can teach us how to profit and how to gain wealth. We thank you for your goodness that you've displayed in our life, and we thank you for your kindness. Lord God, may our gift be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In your precious and holy name we pray, in Jesus' name. If God has been good to you, can we put our hands together one more time? Can we just honor him? God bless. Call upon that name, the name of Jesus. 
the Church of Pentecost, we strongly believe in mission. We really believe that reaching the lost is our, our obligation. So what we have through our faith promise is how we have learned how to give. It is, it's an opportunity for you to learn how to give. Through our faith promise program, to date, this church, y'all people, have, have given $69,221 to date. That is amazing. To date, just this year, just for 2023, that is an, a, a phenomenal amount. Phenomenal. That's the word. You know what I mean. <laughs> it's like we give about $5,000 a month to missions. That's a commitment. That's a commitment that you've made, and I appreciate it. It's through our Faith Promise program. Now, Faith Promise is a scriptural covenant that is between you and God. It's unlike a pledge. It's not like a pledge. It's not based on your ability to give, but you're trusting that God is going to give you that amount. And once God gives you that amount, you've made a commitment that you're going to give it, whether it's weekly, monthly, one time, it's whatever God has led you to do, an agreement strictly between you. Now, it's not a bill. We're not going to send you a notice, give you a past due notice or something like that. It's just a commitment between you and God. Now, if you have not completed your card, please bring your card up. There's a, a basket up there. Please complete it and turn it there. Again, the ushers have plenty of cards, so please be a part of what we're doing here. Um, there's one more thing I want to say. <laughs> it is our pleasure and our, our pleasure that we have to give. God has given everything we have, God has given to us. Everything. There's nothing that we have that he didn't give. So now's the opportunity for us to give back to him on a commitment basis commitment basis. Thank you again. This evening, Pastor is going to give us a total of what we are going to pledge to give to missions next year. Thank you. Praise God for giving. Thank you. I believe in this room there are people that are called to global missions. I believe there are young people and young adults called to go to the next town and plant a church. I believe there are ministers in this room. I believe this room is filled with called people, called by God to serve in every facet of your life. But I also know what it's like to feel like those things are far off and distant. But I wanna remind someone that you don't have to wait to make a difference in your world because you can make a difference, Brother Thomas, right now. I wanna tell you that you cannot leave it to your pastor to evangelize. You cannot leave it to your student pastor to do the work of calling people to Christ. It is up to each and every one of you. And I truly believe that the same God that can call you to missions, the same God that can call you to church planning, to ministry, is the very same God that can beckon you across a lunch table, is the very same God that can call you to speak to somebody in a math class. I believe that same God is working and he wants to work in your life right now. I know what it's like to be a young person, a pastor's son, 
and still feel unsure about reaching my friends or teaching a one-on-one Bible study. And that is why we have developed Win Your World. Somebody say, Win Your World. Praise the Lord, everybody. So I've been blessed with the opportunity to present you some mission facts this morning and understand why we, as a church, uh, war for our nations. Now, you might ask yourself, what is Global Missions? Their purpose is the objective of the United Pentecostal Church in organizing global uh, missions is to proclaim the whole gospel to the whole world by sending forth God-called men and women in obedience to the Great Commission, which says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, which is Mark 16 and 15. It is further the purpose of the United Pentecostal My Church God is to seek out and carry the gospel to the whole world. Church, we are blessed to have many tribes and many nations all across this auditorium. Now, I want to tell you, this is, Pastor, this is not just a white church. This is not just a black church. This is God's church, okay? Pastor didn't come down here just to preach to one nation, okay? He's not just called to Jacksonville, just to one person. He's called to everybody. Now, you can see, if you look to the left and to the right of you, you can see we are a cultured church. We're a blessed church that has every tribe, every tongue, every nation all across this building. Now, with that being said, we are going to have a flag march this morning. Now, we wanted to pick a lot of flags. There were so many. There were so many. But if you are represented by the flag calling on this flag, please stand up. Okay? So, with that being said, we're going to have our flag march come on down. We're going to have our people. So, if your flag is called, stand up so we know that you're represented in this building. Family from India. 
Let's give a big hand for Ireland. Jamaica. <laughs> Anybody from Japan? Yes. Our missionaries today. Malta. All of our family from Mexico. Micronesia. Anybody from Nicaragua? Philippines. Puerto Rico. My brother from Bolivia. Give it up for Bolivia. South Korea. Give it up for Slovakia. Shout out to the tears. Woo! Give it up for South Africa. Trinidad and Tobago. Our family of the United Kingdom. Now everybody can stand on their feet and give it up for the greatest country in the whole entire world, United States of America. Come on, everybody. Woo! We are a blessed country. Hey man, let's give him one more big hand applause right here. How many of you sold out to Jesus this morning? You know, I often think of missionaries as being sold out to the gospel because they give everything to, to go places and, and reach people. But you know what? Every one of us should be sold out to spreading the gospel. Amen? Amen. That should be our primary purpose is to tell others about Jesus. I'm sold out.
For a moment, uh, I just want to say a little something this morning uh, in the fact that uh, uh, the tears are here with us today. They're going to be speaking tonight in service for a few moments. And uh, But uh, Brother Tears stand, and uh, I want you to know, if you're new to our church, uh, during COVID, the Lord brought the tears here 
and they got stuck here, and we are so glad they got stuck here. They may not have been so glad about being stuck here because they had to work in Slovakia. They are missionaries of Slovakia, but they were, and God knit our hearts together during that time. Yes, he did. And uh, so we're in the process of building the church in Slovakia right now, and uh, they are trying, uh, they're desperate to get a hold of materials and people that will work. Uh, if you did not know where Slovakia is, it is next door to Ukraine. And uh, because of the war that is going on there, uh, everything is just being swept into that country and causing everything uh, to go up. And so we are building a church over there, and we're going to see it to the end. And it's going to get built. Amen. We are planning in May, in May, to have the dedication. That's where we're kind of shooting for. And uh, depending on uh, the supply of materials and workmen, uh, but that's what we're headed for. And so if you would like to give to that at some point, you feel led uh, to give towards building that building over there, uh, you're more than welcome to do that, and we'll talk about that more later. But I just wanted to introduce them to all of our guests that are here today, amen, that are in this place. It is so good to have the Craigs here with us from Japan. Amen. I have been practicing, uh, man, for the last couple of days uh, to say Sister Craig's name, her American name, Chikawa. I think that's how I said it. Almost. Chikaya. Yes, okay. I, I knew that I wouldn't get it right, but I was going to say it anyway. And uh, I'd like for her to tell us what her name is in, in, in Japanese is what I really like to do at some point whenever before we leave here. Just, I want to hear that. Amen. And, uh, but we are so glad that they are here with us. Amen. And uh, uh, we're excited about what God is doing. Uh, they are uh, doing a work of God there. And uh, uh, there, we were discussing this last night uh, because the affluence of society, it's a little harder Amen. To reach people that don't know they need God. Amen. But I'm thankful that you folks have taken on the task to reach them and give them an opportunity to know about Jesus. Amen. And so we're so glad that you're here today. Come and just take your liberty here this morning. Amen. Brother Travis Craig. Praise the Lord, everybody. If we could all just uh, stand and give the Lord a huge hand clap and a shout of praise. Amen. God. Doesn't that feel good? Every time we worship God, the atmosphere changes. And it never gets old. If this bothers you, something's wrong. 
So if it bothers you, we'll do it one more time so we can get that bother out your system. Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap. Amen. God, y'all may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, Pastor Olson and Sister Olson, thank you for having us here today. Um, they didn't have to let us come. They could have looked on that internet email or whatever and seen first-time missionaries, first deputation. Uh, we'll get someone experienced here instead. So thank you for saying yes. And for all of you that have shown up today, Thank you for being here as well. It's, it's not just the pastor who is the church, it is the body as well. So thank you all for being here. We appreciate it and are very thankful that we can be here to minister today. And uh, I want to ask my wife if she can come up here really quick. Just to the front. You get all here. She, thank you, sir. Stand by the flowers. Yes. This is Chihaya. I got you, Pastor. <laughs> and uh, if it wasn't for my wife, this deputation would have been very bleak. It is hard to not want to support Japan when you bring Japan with you. So, and if you see Leon, our little one-year-old, he, he helps a lot too. And my wife... She isn't just fat. She, she has a baby growing inside of her. So we're all here together, and I appreciate my wife very much, and I give her great honor. So thank you, Chihaya. Amen. Praise God. Uh, again, I thank you guys for letting us be here to minister today, and I'm going to do my best to minister. And... Throughout last night and this morning, God's been talking to me about what to do. And I apologize if I'm not 100% focused on Japan today. Because God has charged me to encourage the church in North America. But before I get into that, I want to play a video. And if this is all you guys get to see about Japan, I hope you listen to it. And let it move on you, and I believe it will but I have to obey the voice of God. So I have to preach what he has put in my heart to preach today. So if our wonderful audio visual guys don't have a video. Oh, I thought it was in there. Um, Chi Chi, can you please go talk to them? Well, strange. Um, I guess I'll just talk to you guys for like a couple minutes. I don't think it'll take a long time. Um, while they're getting that ready, I'll, I'll share a little bit about Japan. This works. Um, it's, it's definitely a nation, as the pastor was saying, that it's a lot harder to reach than some nations. All nations have their own um, scenarios, pitfalls, things that they struggle with to break through cultures and things of that nature. 
But I've noticed in the same way we find in people's lives, if you find a broken person, it's much easier for them to come to receive the things of God. Because there's, there's so much going on that they're looking for hope, for help in any way that they can. But in Japan, the people feel like, what's the need for Jesus? I have everything. So then they think that we're an occult. And why do you go inside of a building and all this kind of weird stuff? So, but we know with Christ, he can reach any heart. He knows the people that are, doesn't matter if they got millions of dollars in the bank, but if their wife just left them or their kid's dying of cancer or whatever it might be, God knows the right one in the right place and what to speak to them. So we trust God's ability in reaching the Japanese people. Not so much mine, but God's. Amen. And I'm getting a thumbs up. So here's the video. Please watch it. Hope you enjoy. That's where we're going. And if these wonderful people are able to get it in time for the end of service and the Lord allows, we'll watch it then. If not, hopefully by this evening we'll have it ready. Amen. Praise God. So with that, let's get right into this. I'm excited for what God is speaking today and what he has in store for the church. Amen. So, um, my team in the back, if we can just transition to um, the message part of this, that would be wonderful. Amen. Well, before we get started in this, I definitely need the help of the Lord, um, and I want to be led by his spirit. So if you guys can pray with me that I'm just a mouthpiece, truly, I don't care if you guys remember my name or not, I just want you to hear from God today. And if you guys can pray with me that I am an effective um, vessel for the Lord today, that would be wonderful. Jesus, I need your help right now at this very moment. I know, God, that you've put this word in my heart. And now it's up to me to just allow you to flow through me to speak to this wonderful body of believers. I thank you, Jesus, for how everything has gone already this morning. It is your perfect will that is in order right now. And I ask you, Jesus, let your perfect 
place, let your perfect will, let your perfect timing come into um, alignment right now in this day. I pray, Jesus, that I would decrease, that you can increase in this very moment. Let your perfect way be accomplished. And I'm asking right now, God, that every person would have an ear to hear and a heart to receive what you are trying to give them right now in Jesus' name. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. So, you know, God works in mysterious ways. And I guess there's not time for this video. So, and it's totally fine, guys. It's not a problem. It'll happen when it happens. I don't want it no more. We'll do it later. It's fine. Pause it. Pause it. We're, we're done with the video. I heard from God. I got to move on. Amen. But thank you, guys. We got it for tonight. So, um, amen. I, I asked today. I know I'm younger, da-da-da, but I'm just a vessel for God to speak through. And I ask that you guys would open yourselves to receive what God wants to say today. Amen. Because God is trying to encourage the church in these last days. And he is wanting us to get ready for what is coming. Amen. And this is, don't, when you hear the scriptures, don't write it off. Or heard this before. You don't know what you've heard before. And you have no idea what's about to come out of my mouth. So just stay receptive, I beg you. Amen. So the first scripture I want to read is going to be Acts 8, or I'm sorry, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And I'll give you a couple seconds to get there, stand whatever you feel to do. Amen. And it says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Y'all may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. And I had a uh, I'm bad with names. Pastor Cole, he's talking to me. He's like, well, what's the title going to be? And I was like, I don't know. And then he kind of just waited. Like, you'll get it. And then I got it. So today's message title is, if you want it, you can have it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> and what a powerful scripture this is. You're going to be witnesses unto the uttermost parts of the world. It's a power that Jesus was saying, I want you to have this. This, was, this is my end goal for coming and living on this earth, was to teach, to show how, to, to exercise my authority, that whenever you get what's inside of me, you know how to exercise the authority that I've been exercising on this earth. Do you guys hear this? It's not about that we get it to sit on it, but we get it to use it. And it's not to just use it in a small capacity. I speak to you today that the Holy Ghost is the most powerful force that will ever come across the face of this earth. There is nothing more powerful than the Spirit of God. Amen? And I, I would like to quickly go to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, 
They were, they were all with one accord in one place. We're all in one accord right now, and we're all in one place. So it sounds like the setting is good for some of us here today. And suddenly there came a sound of a, from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as a spirit gave the utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and the Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and in Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya out of Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongue the wonderful works of God. Amen. Praise God. So there's a lot going on in here as if you want to go through this line by line and dissect it. Do it on your own time. Okay? I'm not, I'm not a good teacher so much, but I'm better at preaching. And I just want to uh, give a, a quick default for you or, I don't know, a warning. I am not like normal pastors or preachers. Okay, and that's fine. I don't want to be. I'm Travis Craig, and I have a, my way of doing things. And as long as I'm hearing from God, I'm going to just do it my way. I'm not trying to be anybody else. Amen. Is that okay? Praise God. So what we see here is that people were waiting upon the things of God. The, the first thing that ever took place was there was a promise that there was something that's coming that's good. So what happens when they hear the promise? Something inside of them starts to churn up and say, I believe. I believe what I'm hearing can be for me. I believe what I'm hearing is true and that it is coming and it is on its way. So the first thing that has to come is a belief. But belief comes through hearing the word of God. So right now, if you're in the house, you're starting to hear the word of God. And I hope that belief is starting to rise up inside of you. And it will if you let it. If you want to guard it and you want to fight against what's about to be spoken, then you won't receive it. Because there's other people that heard it and they said, I don't believe it's going to happen. And they went on their way. But those who believe, that's the first, that's the first potent ingredient to these people receiving the Holy Ghost. After belief, something else happened. Obedience. They said, you don't have to get to go back to your work you don't get to go here you've got to go up into this upper room and you got to wait and keep on waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until the holy ghost falls i've heard many people talk about in teachings i didn't i'll give you the truth i didn't go and study it myself because the people that said it i believed them i believe that they people scholars have researched and said that it started out as 500 people 
in the upper room. And as time went on and nothing was happening, their belief waned, their faith waned, or they got tired, or they, got a, they had stuff they needed to do, so they started to leave. From 500 to 120. But it was the 120 that had such strong belief and discipline in their obedience to the things of God that stayed and waited. So through their obedience, they made themselves recipients of the promise. We have to walk in obedience to the things of God. We have to be available when the Spirit of God is moving. Here's something that we've got to have an understanding of in our lives. We don't dominate God. We don't tell God, now you're going to move. And he's like, oh, yes, people. And then he does what you tell him to do. That's not how this works. His spirit will draw us. His spirit will call us. He'll say go to a certain place at a certain time, and he'll bring the right people into your life. And he opens windows where his spirit will move. And if you react in the moment of his moving, that's when you'll get the miracle. That's when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's why, you know, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, it's, it's not a man thing. It's a God thing. But God is connecting to man through our obedience. If you hear from God saying, later there's going to be an altar call. I feel it very strongly. And if God starts to speak to you or a man of God starts to speak to you or your friend that brought you to church or your mom or whatever, let's go up to the front. We believe that you can get the Holy Ghost. That might be God speaking through somebody to help you get what God brought you here for today. That, that's very, very possible. And, but it's up to you to say, okay, I feel it. It's the window. The opportunity is now. I don't care what people around me are thinking. I don't care what my friends think. I don't care what the voices in my head are saying. I'm just going to step out in obedience and receive what God has for me right now. And let God do the rest. I can't fill you with his spirit. He fills you with his spirit. It's up to your level of faith if you're going to be willing to receive what God has poured out for us already. Amen. God will use people to help you receive it, to help fight against the negative voices in your head or, you know, the devil is a liar. And it's nice to have someone that's been there and done that to help walk you through it. But it's up to you to step through that window of opportunity. You know, I remember... um, when I'm in Miyako, where I, I'm laboring on the field, I've lived there for um, seven years. It's a little tiny island. And early on getting there, I started to do spearfishing. And it's, it's like my Jesus time. I get out into the ocean, and there's nothing better than talking to Jesus and killing fish at the same time. <laughs> Just, oh, there's one. Boom. Better than killing people. So I'm out there one day, and I'm, I'm swimming around, and I see this big, huge fish. We call it an irabucha, or it's in English a parrot fish. They taste good no matter how you cook it, if it's raw fish, if it's fried, if it's whatever. It always tastes good. But anyways, there's this really big one, and I was just talking to God, and I was like, Lord, I really want that fish. Not tomorrow, not in two months, not in a year, 
I want it today, right now. And then, you know, I, I don't know how God speaks to everyone here, but I can hear when God's talking to me. Okay, so don't judge me. I'm not some super hyper-spiritual person. The ocean didn't split open and God said, I will give you the fish. It wasn't like that. He just started to speak into my spirit. And he's like, if you, you can have it. But you're going to have a very short opportunity to catch that fish. And he said, when you dive down and you go between your coral, where I'm going to nestle in and hide, he's like, you're going to have just a moment. And when I say to shoot or pull the trigger, do it and you'll get the fish. I said, all right. I can do my part, so I take a big breath, and I go down, and I'm laying there, and I start to just wait and wait, and I slowly extend my gun out, and then the fish kind of, like, forgets, and he comes back, and God said, now, boom. As soon as he said, I pull the trigger, and I catch this big fish. It's probably, I don't know, trying to convert from kilos into pounds. I don't think in uh, units anymore. It's confusing, by the way. Um, I don't know, it was like a 10-pound fish, something like that. Good fish. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. That's wonderful. And by the way, I was, I was on a five-day fast at this point just because I was seeking the things of God. But you can still go swim. It's not that much strenuous activity. And it was just I could hear from God so clearly. And then after that fish, I went by, and it was like all the fish after that moment couldn't see me. I caught so many fish that day that I got tired of catching these fish. I had so many fish on my stringer that I was, it was hard for me to swim, so I had to quit catching fish. But as I'm catching them and I'm just, wow, and I'm amazed by it, God started to speak to me again. And he said, just like you caught that fish, Travis, is how my spirit will move. He didn't let me catch the fish just for me to catch a fish. He, caught, he allowed me to catch that fish to teach me a spiritual lesson. And he said, when I say to move, you instantly move, and then you'll catch what you need to catch. Then the miracle will happen the way it needs to. But it's your job to be instantly obedient to when the spirit, my spirit is moving. Because the window will close. It is our job as a church to align ourselves to the, the voice of God that when he says move, we move, and we understand when he's telling us to move. Because if not, we're going to miss the window of opportunity for a miracle, for the infilling of the Holy Ghost, for a financial blessing, for a new convert to come into the, the things of God. It is our job to stay aligned with him. So God shows me this. He's like, this is how my spirit moves. I will come in and there will be a window. And when you act upon that voice during that window, you'll get whatever it is that's needed. I was like, okay, cool. So then I swim. Finally, I get back to the boat and I have a friend there who had, there's no point in me standing in front of you because I'm not going to pull up my pant leg. But he had just this nasty disease thing on his leg. And he had it for like a year. And the doctors couldn't fix it. There was, there was just nothing that worked. They gave him steroid creams. They gave him shots. And they told him, and he was talking to me about this a couple days prior, that there's just, there's, they can't do anything. They don't know what it is. And they can't fix it. I was like, okay. And then I get on the boat. And I go sit on the back of the boat next to my, the, the captain. And I'm just sitting there. And God says, 
Travis, go pray for Yuki. And I was like, well, Lord. And he's like, what did I just teach you? I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. (laughs) So I was like, I'm going, Lord. In my heart, I'm going. But let me repent first for my instant disobedience to what you just taught me. So I repented, got right, and I was like, okay, I'm going. And I walked up there, and I was like, hey, Yuki, God told me to come up here and pray for your leg. And if you let me pray for him, he's going to heal your leg today. And he's like, okay. So I prayed for him, and I was just like, all you have to do is believe a little bit, and Jesus will do the rest. And he said, okay. Well, he didn't say that. And you know what? I'm saying all this stuff in Japanese, by the way, like a a three-year-old Japanese. But he got the heart. He knew what I was saying. And I didn't see him for a while, and I went, and he, I went to his house a week and a half, two weeks later, and he comes up to me so excited, and he's like, Travis, look at my leg. It was like baby skin, brand new. And I'm telling you, before, it was mauled, it was nasty. And he, from his own mouth, he pointed up and he said, Jesus. And I was like, yes, yes, it was Jesus. So look, when we hear from God and we obey He's going to do the rest. But we got to trust that God is able. We got to trust that God wants to. We got to trust that when he speaks, it's going to take place. So we got to obey. That's what happened in the Bible. That's what Acts 1 was setting us up for. That's what Acts 2 through whatever gets us to. We don't get the Holy Ghost to become powerless. We don't get the Holy Ghost to walk around and see problems everywhere we go and be like, I hope someone can help them. No, we get the Holy Ghost that we can walk into a situation when God says to and speak to it with authority and see a healing and a miracle and these things start to take place. It's not just so we can get to heaven. That's the beginning, but it's all about what happens after that. People need the miracles. People need the signs. People need the wonders. Especially people that have a godless, godless, godless culture. When I've got everything I need. But what about when the doctors can't help you? What about when the doctors can't help your heartbreak because your wife left you? Or your kid just passed away? Or this or that. And then the miracle signs of wonders come into action because God found an obedient vessel that was full of his spirit. Not just barely scraping by with the spirit like I hope I get to heaven one day. In between all of my mess ups and failures and constant battles with my flesh. But people that are full of the spirit and obedient to the word of God. That say, here I am today, God. Use me. Who can I go to? Who can I pray for? Who can I lay hands on? If it's your will, show me. And I believe that you can do the rest. That's what it's about, church. If you want it, you can have it. But the the truth is, do we really want it? Here's a problem. Some of us will never exercise that prayer, because we're too in love with our own image. But what if they don't get healed, God? And then they look at me like I did something wrong. You don't heal anybody. Jesus heals people. You know, we will pray for people, and pray for people, and pray for people, and a lot of times, absolutely nothing looks like it's happening. 
but we don't know God's plan. Maybe God doesn't want this person to be healed the first time. Maybe God's using you to plant a seed. And the next person's going to come and water it. And another person's going to come and water it. And then some random new convert that's like, is this stuff really real? Goes and prays for someone and boom, they get healed. Praise God either way. It's God's understanding. It's God's way of healing. It's God's way of doing things. Our job is to be obedient. I have another story about, I think God's going to heal someone here tonight. I feel that the Holy Ghost so strong. It's going to happen. I work in Mozuku. I'm like an ocean man in, in Miyako. There's not much else to do. You can go play in sugar cane or you can go into the ocean. Ocean's a lot more enticing to me. I ended up getting a job with a guy. His name is Sanansan. He's a good friend of mine now, and he's old, and he is a raging alcoholic. Well, I wouldn't say raging because he's a very sweet man, but he is a complete alcoholic, functioning. I don't know how he does it. He doesn't just drink a couple shots a night. He drinks until he is staggering every single night. And then he goes and gets in the ocean the next day. But I started working with this guy, and he does this job called mozuku, and it's seaweed. And I get in the ocean, and I I scrub seaweed off of these long nets with a a gas-powered vacuum. And it goes into a boat, and we sell it. That doesn't matter. What matters is I've seen this man. And God pointed him out to me instantly as I, the day I met him because he had the most severe gout I've ever seen. His thumb was like four times its normal size. He had like a baseball on his elbow. He had a softball on his knee. His ankle was swollen. His gout was whole bad. God said, go pray for him. I'm like, all right. So I went and I prayed for him. And it was just so... Like, my mind was, okay, when I pray, God's going to heal him. Nothing happened, and he looked at me like, you weird American kid. He's like 70. And I was like, all right, Lord. This went on for, like, months. And I got to a point, the last day I went up, and I got, this is like the 15th or 16th time I've prayed for this man. And I'm like, let me pray for you again. And he's like, okay, you know, this whatever. So I pray for him. Nothing happens. I was so frustrated. Look, look, it didn't hurt God's feelings when I got upset with him. Some of us are too sensitive. Some of us think God is sensitive. God's not sensitive. God has slain millions of people in the Bible. He's not sensitive. So I told God, maybe it wasn't very wise of me, and I was like, just don't tell me to pray for him anymore if you refuse to heal him. What is your problem, Lord? You keep telling me to pray for him. I pray for him. You don't do anything. Pray for him. Don't do anything. Pray for him. Don't do anything. What are you doing, Lord? And then, in the same breath, I'm sorry for talking to you like this. But I'm upset. I'm obeying you, and you're doing nothing. How many more times? You know, he didn't say nothing. That was almost worse. But then he had gout so bad that he couldn't even go to a party. And that's something. These guys, this village, they get together. This village, Nishibe, is known for 
the excessive drinking. All of Miyako is known for drinking, but in Miyako, everyone's like, don't go to Nishibe. Because they will drink you to death, literally. But he's not going to any of the parties. And my wife and I, we go to pray for him. And then his sister-in-law was at his home. And I was like, we're here to pray for you again. And he's like, oh, okay. And he gets his baseball bat as a cane. And he's walking. I was like, just stay in your bed. And I mean, it looked horrible. It was so sad. But this time, my wife was with me. And then Nariko said, if you're praying to Jesus, then surely he'll be healed. We prayed for him. It was a couple days later, we came back, and he didn't have one bump on his body anywhere. And he didn't get gout again for over three years. For three years. And then I realized how selfish I was. Because every time leading up to that, God was starting to show him my character. That this guy cares about me. This guy's really, he he cares about my health. He cares about my well-being. This young guy will not give up on praying for me, making sure that I'm going to be fine. And how, how I was just so carnal to not see that. And then for his sister-in-law to be there to see it when the miracle took place, God has it all figured out, church. He knows why he moves when he moves and why he's silent when he's silent. Our job is just to be obedient. That's what it's about. Obedience to the voice of God. But what we see here also is God wants us to go places, to reach people, any person, anybody, and he'll use anybody. It says here, are these not the Galileans that are speaking this? Who are the Galileans? They're the dumb kids, the uneducated, the, the ones that don't have a good name for anything, the Galileans. Is it the Galileans that are speaking like this? How in the world can the Galileans speak such wonders? How can they, how can they talk in all these languages? We know they're dumb. They can barely speak their own language. But God chose those that didn't have a great pedigree to do the greatest thing that ever took place, to receive the Holy Ghost, and then to take it out and share it with others. You don't have to have a great lineage. You don't need to be fifth generation Pentecostal to go out and pray for somebody. You just got to get it and then give it out to other people. You just got to get it and be willing to obey the voice of God. But many times we get, get the Holy Ghost, get baptized in Jesus' name, and then we just turn into a stagnant puddle. There's a reason why you turn into a stagnant puddle. Why does a puddle become stagnant in the first place? Water goes into it, but no water can go out. There's no flow. I don't even have to try to sound spiritual for this to make sense. The flow. You've got to have a flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can't just get it and sit on it the rest of your life. God, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Flowing. You've got to keep receiving it. But the only way it can flow through you is when you use it for others. 
when you reach out to other people and you're praying for people. You don't get to just come to church and get fat on the word of God and do nothing with it. Because you've got to let it flow out of you to somebody else. That is the purpose. But so many times we just get it, we feel comfortable, and then we just sit upon it. But then what happens is frustration sits in. Bitterness, envy, jealousy. Oh, God just uses them for everything. Well, maybe it's because they do something. Well, pastor just calls on that person for everything. Maybe it's because their spirit's right. Because they're in the spirit. You want to do something for God? Do whatever you can wherever you're at. Don't look for the, the adoration of people. Look for the adoration of Jesus so by saying, I want to be obedient to you. I care what you think about me at the end of every day. Not what the people around me think. Not about the person that I prayed for things. But what you think about me. Let it flow out of you. God's talking to this church for a reason. There's a reason I didn't get to play my cool little video. I told you. when I, I didn't tell you. I'm going to tell you. When I first got to America, I thought, I'm going to have all this time, and I'm going to prepare this message about how great Japan is, and I'm going to speak this, and it's going to be great. Japan, Japan, Japan. And God was like, no. Japan, you get to do about 5% talking about Japan. The rest is you have to encourage my church. You have to challenge the church as you go through the North American church to wake them up. There's a reason because... I don't know anybody. You're not hearing it from someone that knows the nitty-gritty of your life. And I could just speak with whatever boldness I need to, and if it hurts your feelings, I don't care. <laughs> right? I get to move on in a couple days. And if you want to hate on me until I leave, that's fine. Because you'll forget about me in a couple weeks. Because if you're hating on me, you'll find someone else to hate on later. You know why? Because you ain't got the flow. Bitter people are bitter because they don't do anything for God. They've got no praise in their mouth anymore because they don't do anything that's praiseworthy. No one wants to be around stagnant waters. It stinks. It, it, it breeds parasites. And mosquitoes? You ever get around somebody and you're just like, oh, I need to take a shower or a spiritual bath. God, get the praise music, Chi-Chi. Turn it on. We got to get into the presence of God because that was not the presence of God around that person. That was a truckload of negativity. And I cut down my brother and my sister. I've got nothing but negative things to say. I focus on what they're not doing even though they're doing something and I haven't done anything for years. But I have the righteous mind to cut down everybody around me and tell them how they should be doing it even though I'm not doing anything. The most critical people are the people that have nothing to do. Because all they got is time to criticize people. If you got back to the field and started focusing on reaching out to people and loving on those around you in your community, in your workplace, you wouldn't have time to be so critical. You don't have time to be praying for the people that God's put in your life. 
God's trying to do some, help us to realign. The whole purpose of being in church, it's, it's not to be comfortable. This is just a place to get a, a good six-course meal to fill you up that you can go out and be more effective that you can hear to get nuggets of truth and inspiration that when you get back to the warfare, to fighting demons, to reaching out to lost people, that you've got something in you that's a little bit extra. We should, we don't go out to eat every single day, right? Well, maybe some of y'all do. But normally, people go out to eat on occasion. In between that time, they're having home-cooked meals, right? You reading the Bible on your own and praying on your own, not in church, that's your home-cooked meal. We come to church for Denny's. We come to church for Red Lobster or whatever you like to eat. And it's not a daily thing, but we take that as extra nourishment so that we're more effective in the reaching of lost people the rest of the week. That's what it's all about. Catch this. Verse 11, it says, we do hear them speaking in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Do not raise your hand. This is fully rhetorical. Who has ever seen God do a wonderful work in your life? Who's seen God do a wonderful work in their life in the last week? Last month? Last two months? Six months? The wonderful works of God. The church here would not be able to contain itself if everybody went back and they started saying, you know what, in faith, God, give me someone to pray for. Anybody. I don't care what they look like. I don't care if they're homeless. I don't care if they're stinky. I don't care if they're fat, short, tall, black, white. Give me somebody to pray for that I can lay hands on and be a blessing. Your church would explode. Pastor's gonna be running around we got to find more room for a bigger building. Or we got to find a way to make this a high rise. we got to do something because there's so many people coming in. And you would ask any of those people why. And they would start to talk about the wonderful works that happened when someone laid hands on them and prayed for them. We've got to see the wonderful works of God. That's what people want to hear about. You better not go out into the city and start complaining about the, the miseries of being a Christian. I wish I could just be full of sin and get to heaven, but I gotta do all these things to get there. So I just drag and drag and drag. Just waiting for death, and hopefully I repent the day before I die. Have you ever met people and you wished with everything in you that they just wouldn't even say that they were Christian? Out of everybody, you should not proclaim Christianity. Because nothing in your life shows Christianity. You have no joy. You don't smile. You have a scowl on your face. You have a frown. When you, when you smile, it's like the earthquakes. 
no business saying that you carry the same spirit that I carry. God did not give us a spirit of depression. God did not give us a spirit of sorrow or misery. Sometimes we walk around and be like, you want to come to my church? It's just a place full of people like me, miserable. I don't know, pastor. No one wants to go to church with me. Every time I ask them, they just, they don't even want to talk to me. Hmm. Time for you to get real with yourself. And that's what God's wanting us to do in these last days is we've got to get real with ourselves and see where am I really at in my relationship with God. If you're not right with God in a relationship, he cannot use you to do anything else. Guess what? God won't want to use you to do anything else because he doesn't want you to be doing things in church and go to hell for eternity. We got to get right with Jesus first. That's the most important thing we can ever do. Everything relies on relationship with Jesus. Everything. From that strong relationship, then God can use you out. And he'll use you to put more on you, more responsibility, more people to care for, more people to pray for. God will release more of the miraculous in your life. God cannot release the miraculous in your life if you have a stinky attitude. He will not release the miraculous in your life if it will destroy you. Some people, if where you're at right now, you prayed for someone and they got the Holy Ghost, you get so full of pride that you'd backslide. Or some people, if you prayed and someone's leg got healed, you'd call, walk around telling everyone that you're a healer. So God can't use you yet. You've got to get your relationship right. That whenever he starts to do the miraculous through you, all glory goes back to Jesus. Every single time. All the glory will right back to the Lord. And you'll give him all the credit every single time. Amen? Guess what? If you're not aligned with God, you don't got to go have a pity party for two weeks. It takes just a moment of repentance if it's real. You don't have to go into intercessory prayer for your, your failures. God doesn't want you to. He doesn't care. He just wants you to see, I recognize and I repent. Forgive me for this, Lord. Help me to do the right thing. Let me get back to the basics. Let me get back to where I love my word and I love prayer. And let's do it, Lord. God's not like, no, 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 hold on. You need to waller around a little bit longer in your, your, your negativity. No, just get right back up and start going forward. And then start listening for the voice of God to be obedient once again. Amen. I, I don't have a clock. I didn't leave my phone. I don't know how someone... Shout the time to me. 11.50, when's y'all's time to get out? Uh, 11.30? Well. God's trying to teach y'all patience then, you know. Amen. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump a couple more scriptures. So the point is, if you, if you want it, you can have it. All of this comes through relationship with Jesus. 
Look, and I got to say something some of y'all might disagree with me on. We can have relationship with Jesus before we're saved. He's talking to you. He's drawing you. He's calling you. He speaks with you. He's in your room with you. You feel him when he speaks. Doesn't mean you're saved. It's the spirit of God that draws all men. God's not going to draw you elusively. He'll spend time. He'll be real with you. But his ultimate purpose is to get you to the place of obedience. And that's why apostolics get all crazy about Acts 2.38. John 3, 3 through 5 says, Unless a man be born again of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I am not ever going to try to negate this in anybody's life. And I am one to tell you this, because I grew up Trinitarian, and I heard the teaching of, well, once you just get baptized, you come up with the Holy Ghost. Okay. I got baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, came up wet. All right, I guess I got it, and I realized in my heart, I was like, I don't got it. Something's still missing. I don't know what it is. Only thing that took place that day was I lost a good pair of clothes because they never gave me back my lucky jeans. And I went along, and I was still hungry. Like, nothing changed. I'm so thankful for whoever put the songs together today. It preached half my sermon. Thankfully for y'all, because you'd be here till 1230 if you didn't. One name. One faith, one baptism, and it's in Jesus' name. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. You must, and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is a promise to you and all who are far off. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name and you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, it can happen today. I don't care what anyone taught you before. I don't care how you've lived. I don't care how your grandparents lived or your parents lived. God's speaking to someone here right now today. Look at this. God is putting all of Japan on hold for at least one soul in here that wants to be obedient to the voice of God. Who is it here today? Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. I want to say something, and we're going to see this. The altar is open, but I encourage you. I don't know who you are. I don't know your background. If you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a different language, come to the front. Don't worry about the people around you. Grab someone on your way up here and be like, you're the one that's going to help me to pray through. Put someone on the spot. Get someone to get out of their comfort zone. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, or you got someone next to you that you know they need it, start prodding them. The window's about to open, and God's Spirit's about to move through this building. And I'm not one of those people, well, you just stay in your chair and you want to pray about it. If you ain't got enough gall to come up in the front and show God that I'm ready, he's not going to do it in your seat. You come up to the front If you can't get it and survive here in the midst of a church body, you'll never get it anywhere else. 
And if you need to get baptized in Jesus' name and you feel that's where I need to start, just get baptized in Jesus' name. Just let it be done. Praise God. You're going to get the Holy Ghost today. Praise God. It's those that step out before anybody else that really want it. Praise God. And I challenge the rest of you. If you've been in a place of stagnancy and you've got a stinky attitude and you know it, or you just want to get a refill and say, God, I've been challenging my spirit today. Step outside your chair. Come up to the front. Let's stir up the presence of God today in this place. Amen. Amen. If we can get some Holy Ghost-filled women over here with our sister, we're going to pray and see that she gets the Holy Ghost today. In Jesus' name. Let's pray, church. Let's get a hold of God. Don't worry about the clock. The Spirit of God is moving. Don't run out for food beyond the, the things of God. Let's do it. Amen. Hallelujah.